Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church, in a year. Today is day number 183, and we begin with number 1369. The whole church is united with the offering and intercession of Christ. Since he has the ministry of Peter in the church, the Pope is associated with every celebration of the Eucharist, wherein he is named as the sign and servant of the unity of the universal church. The bishop of the place is always responsible for the Eucharist, even when a priest presides. The bishop's name is mentioned to signify his presidency over the particular church. In the midst of the presbyterium and with the assistance of deacons, with the assistance of deacons, the community intercedes also for all ministers who, for it and with it, offer the Eucharistic sacrifice. Let only that Eucharist be regarded as legitimate which is celebrated under the presidency of the bishop or him to whom he has entrusted it. Through the ministry of priests and the spiritual sacrifice of the faithful, um, of the faithful is completed in union with the sacrifice of Christ, the only mediator, which in the Eucharist is offered through the priest's hands in the name of the whole church in an unbloody and sacramental manner until the Lord himself comes. To the offering of Christ, Christ are united not only the members still here on earth, but also those already in the glory of heaven. In communion with and commemorating the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints, the Church offers the Eucharistic sacrifice. In the Eucharist, the Church is, as it were, at the foot of the cross with Mary, united with the offering and intercession of Christ. The Eucharistic sacrifice is also offered for the faithful departed, who have died in Christ but are not yet wholly purified, so that they may be able to enter into the light and peace of Christ. Put this body anywhere. Don't trouble yourselves about it. I simply ask you to remember me at the Lord's altar wherever you are. Then we pray in the anaphora for the Holy Father, fathers and bishops who have fallen asleep, and in general for all who have fallen asleep before us, in the belief that it is a great belief benefit to the souls on whose behalf the supplication is offered, while the holy and tremendous victim is present. By offering to God our supplications for those who have fallen asleep, if they have sinned, we offer Christ's sacrifice for the sins of all, and so render favorable for them and for us the God who loves man. St. Augustine admirably summed up this doctrine that moves us to an ever more complete participation in our Redeemer's sacrifice, which we celebrate in the Eucharist. This holy redeemed city, the assembly and society of the saints, is offered to God as a universal sacrifice by the high priest who in the form of a slave went so far as to offer himself for us in his passion to make us the body of so great a head. Such is the sacrifice of Christians. We who are many are one body in Christ. The church continues to, to reproduce this sacrifice in the sacrament of the altar, so well, known, so well known to believers, wherein it is evident to them that in what she offers, she herself is offered. Father Jack. Thanks, Bill. You know, the, there's a great lesson not only in, uh, in the Eucharist, but also in ecclesiology at the beginning of this section where it talks about how the why the Pope and Bishop are always mentioned whenever the priest uh, you know celebrates a mass. And it's because of it's not just about the individual. 
it, it truly is actually meant to be something that is, uh, you know, we hand ourselves over to the church, this corporate body, um, corporate, not like corporation, corporate as in body, uh, you know, rea- the bodily reality that is mystical. Um, so why, why the Pope? Well, because he is this visible unit, sign of unity in the church. So he should be mentioned as a, as a way of saying we, we are not just doing it for ourselves or even as part of a local church, you know, um, remember the great warning of Paul who, you know, whoa, if it's, you know, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I, you know, he hates that, you know, he, he very much fights against that kind of, uh, separation. Rather, we're meant to be unified in Christ through his vicar on earth, who is the Pope. And then why have our bishop mentioned? Well, because He's really in charge of the local church. The local church is how we ought to describe a diocese. Or archdiocese is just another name for diocese. But, um, and so when we mention his name, we are recognizing that he is the one who has the the true um, authority to be able to celebrate the mass. Right, a priest, even though he is might be conformed to Christ uh, and has, um, you know, we, how do we describe? We described it as. Uh, a priest has the, the correct piping, but he doesn't have the waters flowing until the bishop gives him permission, right? We call it faculties. That um, we met, like I, I mentioned Wilton, our bishop, every time I celebrate Mass in because uh, he is the one who gives me that ability to celebrate the Mass. He always has the responsibility also, as, as, um, as we should recognize, that he has a responsibility to make sure that the Mass is taken care of within his diocese and the Eucharist is always protected. At the end of the day, he is the one who will have ultimate, ultimately be judged for how the Eucharist is treated um, in his diocese. And then the priest uh, has has a, a share in that responsibility, right? That's why priests are often described as co-workers in the vineyard or co-workers in the field with the bishop. We don't have our own, we're not sui generis, we we have to um, turn to him, which is actually one of the reasons why um, a bishop can easily ordain, a, relatively easily ordain a priest for his diocese, but it is a grave sin, a communicable offense actually, uh, to try and ordain a bishop because they have such, uh, they're, they're so more, much more closely conformed to Christ and as, as the head of the church, and they have certain powers granted to them that are more difficult um, to address and and control if they step out. So, but even beyond that, even beyond the fact that we are celebrating Mass for, for the living, is also that because it is the moment in which God comes down and touches the earth in a very real, uh, yet mystical way, it is also a connection of the entire church praying, which the church does not exist just on earth, but truly exists even beyond to all the holy souls, holy souls both in purgatory and in heaven, which is why it's so uh, such a good practice to be offering masses for the faithful departed, for those holy souls who are in purgatory, who can no longer help themselves, um, who are relying on the prayers of, of us here on earth and of all the masses said for them. And also it is a recognition of, of the, the church triumphant being part of it. There's a reason why we have these memorials, this, you know, regular memorial uh, of saints and feast days of saints is because they're always present. Um, the translation is a little weak in the English for the preface, but, um, but 
there was um in the old right when you read the preface the word that was using was actually concelebrant uh that that the angels and saints would concelebrate with the priests um that was said right before the uh, the sanctus that that it was an understanding of 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 the uh, mystical eternal nature of the mass that even though we experience it in the here and now and in time the reality was that it stretched beyond what we could um, could see and imagine on our own but under the under the assistance of grace we begin to have a touching on the fullness of the mystery that was that was present that through our faith and in because of our faith we're able to see the not with our physical eyes but with the eyes of faith the fact that Heaven has come to earth, and it is touching us in a way in which we can understand. And that because of this, because the Eucharist is the body of Christ, that we can already experience the full union of the church, the fullness of what we have been called to be, which is to unite ourselves to God perfectly, not just now, but truly into eternity, that we can have the fulfillment of our glory as as humanity to say it is not just ours but truly God's and it's not just our will but truly his that is to be done.